Let us pray together. Dear God of hospitality, Father of orphans and widows, Mother of strangers, we thank you for the way that in Jesus you have opened up a space where we might feel safe and loved, where we might come to know you and come to know ourselves. And empower us by the power of your Holy Spirit to extend this same hospitality to others. To open up that same kind of space for those around us. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. This past Monday, our congregation lost a very dear sister, Nancy Martin. Indeed, we lost a pillar of our church. God summoned Nancy home into the great communion of saints. Think about that. And removed the last barrier of her total immersion into God's love. Think about that. While paging through some articles recently about Nancy and Bob, I recently came across a piece written back in 1996 introducing them to our congregation after their return from Nazareth. And in the article it said they were living over in the home rented from the Leshers, which has a storied history in our congregation. Twenty-three years ago, when asked about their approach to life, they said this, this is the Martins, we try to find ways to stay in touch with people in need. Stay near to people in need. And I believe this can be seen as the golden thread running through their whole 56 wonderful years of married life together. Staying near to those in need led them to serve for 18 years in the city of Nazareth. Led them, after they came home, to build deep and lasting, not superficial, deep and lasting relationships for 23 years with folks here living in the neighborhood. Think about the Emmaus story. The Martins recognized that an essential part of walking with Jesus and coming to know Him is tied up in our proximity, our nearness 
to those at the margins. You know, there are a handful of words in Scripture that are so incredibly meaningful. I'm going to do a little show and tell here. In fact, they're so rich in meaning that when we just translate them by one word in English, they fall flat and short. There's uh, the uh, word in Scripture, shalom. We, we carry these around like gemstones of our faith. You know, you can translate shalom as peace, but that's anemic. Shalom is the full-orbed, reconciled peace that we experience with God and one another. There's the word chesed. Remember that? You have to clear your throat when you say it. Let's say it. Chesed. God's unfailing, unwavering, unending, steadfast love that endures forever. Chesed. And then recently we've learned another word, another gem. It's the Greek word philoxenia. Philoxenia. We can translate that as hospitality, but it doesn't quite get at it. It's a hospitality that turns strangers into guests and friends. I have one more. It's the one I want to teach you today. It's the word in the Bible in Hebrew for the vulnerable ones at the margins of society. The anawim. A-N-A-W-I-M. Let's say that together. The anawim. The anawim. Jesus called the anawim the least of these. And in the Bible, many, I think more than two dozen times, they are referred to by the Bible's trifecta of the orphan, the widow, and the stranger, the anawim. And again and again, The Bible talks about God's special concern for the Anawim and how they are special portals for us to God. While some in our world build walls to keep the Anawim out or try to move as far away from them as we can, As the followers of Jesus, we are called to move toward the Anawim and toward God. In our worship series, so far we've been moving toward a working definition of Christian hospitality that has nothing to do with keeping a clean house, thank goodness, or serving guests on fine china, but has everything to do with opening up a space for others where they might feel safe and loved and where God's presence feels especially present. 
Christian hospitality is not meant to be episodic. You know, something we do once a month. It is to be our way of living. And as we see in our Emmaus story today, it can happen wherever we are. When we're out walking. When we're sitting at a table. Indeed, it can happen wherever we are. At home, school, and here at church. Wasn't it fascinating to hear the Emmaus story from the perspective of hospitality? Did you notice how the line between host and guest just keeps moving and moving and moving? First, Cleopas and his friend welcome the unrecognized Jesus in on their journey. Then Jesus takes them into a deeper understanding of Scripture and God's purposes. Then they invite Jesus in to share a meal. And then He invites them in to a deeper communion with Him in the breaking of the bread. Don't we see here the radical and reciprocal hospitality that Pastor Don was talking about two Sundays ago. It's a beautiful circle of endless receiving and giving. A safe space where everyone can feel safe and loved and understood. Let's pull our camera back just for a moment from our Emmaus story to look at Jesus' whole life and ministry from the perspective of hospitality. We see Jesus, first of all, entering our world as a vulnerable guest and stranger in need of the hospitality of others. Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. Right? And sadly, many, many folks refuse to take Jesus in. So who actually ends up hosting Jesus? Well, a Bethlehem stable owner? Foreigners during his family's flight to Egypt? A Samaritan woman? A little boy, love the guy, with five loaves and two fish? and tax collectors like Zacchaeus. Their hospitality to this vulnerable stranger opens up a space for his ministry to be able to flourish and for the kingdom of God to be seen and experienced. Notice that it's only those who open their tables and their lives to Jesus who ever really really get to know Him. And then throughout His life, Jesus is also the host, isn't He, sometimes? Through His radical hospitality to others, His philozenia, 
He shows us how to lovingly welcome the stranger as our guest. And we often see him welcoming the most unexpected people, lepers, tax collectors, Samaritans, and well-known sinners, and hidden sinners as well. Jesus reveals that the kingdom of God, the kingdom, the family of God, is a realm of hospitality where God has set a place at the table for all. And returning to our Emmaus story, we see the Bible's core conviction that hospitality to vulnerable strangers, to the Anawim of our world, is the holy ground where we meet God and where God meets us. As Jesus says in Matthew 25, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Quite simply, to turn away the stranger, the refugee, is to turn away God. But maybe you're sitting there right now and saying, okay, preacher, what about all those times when welcoming the stranger feels risky, challenging, exhausting? What about those times when we go to community meal hoping to meet Jesus, but only get cussed out and come home feeling drained instead? Ever had that experience? Somehow there has to be truth in advertising about discipleship. There are no guarantees that our hearts will be burning every time we do these things. Like the folks at Emmaus. Remember that? Weren't our hearts burning? Being hospitable is sometimes just plain hard. Challenging. And refining. We keep looking for Jesus. We keep looking for the image of God in whomever we're with. Our desire to meet God and others and for them to meet us is what keeps urging us forward and onward. All week I've been struggling to try to put into words what I'm trying to get at here. There's something really, really important. Other folks do it so much better. The poet Christian Wyman says that Christ comes especially alive in our connection between people. James Finley says that God is the infinity of our human interconnectedness with each other. Are you with me? God is the infinity of our human interconnectedness with each other. 
In our bulletin's order of worship, you can find a reflection question on that uh, facing second page. I invite you to turn to it now on the green sheet. You know, so often we go to church, we hear a sermon or something happens in worship and we say that was really good and it goes in one ear and out the other. But I believe that like a master potter, God wants to shape us, wants this to have traction in our lives, to shape us into people who share God's own hospitable heart toward the anawim of our world. So friends in this series, we want to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Are we listening? Has there perhaps been a a prompting in your own individual life? At home or work or school? Have you been hearing something? Or maybe has a prompting been rising to the surface about our congregational lives, life together? Because as we saw last week, there are some things that we can only do together as a church because they're way too scary, way too big, way too overwhelming for us ever to contemplate doing on our own. Amen? What have you been hearing individually or for our congregation? In two weeks, Elisa will be sharing with us a prompting that she has been hearing and sensing from God. And friends, let us not miss in our task force gatherings this Thursday evening and next Sunday afternoon the golden opportunity to practice conversational hospitality, deep listening with one another. Creating a space where each of us can feel safe and loved and understood and where God's presence can be especially present with us. In all of this, I keep feeling pulled back, pulled back to that story that I shared with you three weeks ago. In World War II, Pastor André Trocmé led his French village of Le Chambon to hide Jews from the Nazis. Their risky hospitality saved the lives of 2,500 Anawim. And later, when this pastor was asked why they did what they did, he said, we could not bear to be separated from Jesus. We couldn't bear it. To turn away the stranger at the border or in our city, or workplace, or church, is to turn away God. 
And to welcome the stranger is to welcome God. Amen.